This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans and ask about the new craft beer Commonwealth. Harmonious Gentlemen. Well, if podcast episodes were Alexander Dumas prisoner numbers, we would be Edmund Dantes the prisoner in the Count of Monte Cristo, because this is episode 34 of Harmonious Gentlemen. Have you guys read that book? I got about halfway through that book on a trip because I was so excited about it and I just, I couldn't finish. Um, but really? I liked it. I don't, don't know why I didn't finish it. I've got it still on the shelf, so maybe I should give it another try. I think you there, should. There is a TV show called uh, Wishbone. Did you guys yes. Ever and I feel like they did something to, with that. With that story, The Count of Monte Cristo, because as soon as you said that, it brought back Wishbone. I remember that episode. Good oh, really? episode. Yeah. So, wow. Never heard of the show and don't know the connection. So can you watch the show anywhere? I like it. That was weird. Like when you said that, it brought back a memory from when I was like 12 years old or something. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah. well, I'm Graham. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm Tyler. And I'm Peter. And today we're doing, or this evening, we're doing an episode where I bring the topic, and it is once again a surprise to the other gentlemen. So last time, I would say Tyler hit a home run with his topic. He did. Um, if you haven't listened to the last episode yet, please, please do. His meaty surprise was wonderful, and <laughs> you should give it a listen. It was really good. Yeah. yeah it really fun. was. And I was nervous it, was, it wasn't going to go well, so I'm happy that you guys enjoyed it. We are obviously, you can tell from the quality probably, that we are recording from home once again. We have new restrictions in Alberta, and so right now we are in our homes and um, recording like we did in the summertime a couple times. And it feels like a long time ago, but thanks guys for paying your internet bills and making this happen. <laughs> Peter, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I, I always uh, wonder the next time I'll get an invitation, so. Yeah, well, we feel it keeps you on your game, so. That's right. <laughs> um, we had a just a explosion of emails since our last episode. A flurry. And, uh, mm-hmm. A flurry. I wonder if you guys would mind reading one or two. Yeah, I don't know um, what order you want to go in, but I can read one that we got from our friend Jason Veldheisen. And he says, great episode. It reminded me of what a friend said about hunting for deer. So this is in response to the animal uh, rights episode. He argued that being shot is a better outcome for a deer than getting too old or sick and dying from starvation, the harsh winter, or becoming an easy target for predators. I'm sure there are other outcomes like getting hit by a car or falling through an ice through the ice on a lake, but I don't think they die peacefully in their sleep very often. What would you prefer, getting shot and killed in your prime or dying a horrific, slow, and painful death in five years? Keep up the good work, Jason. <laughs> and there's a PS here from Jason, which he gives us a confession. He's given us one before. But this one is quite personal, and it says, I confess that in grade five, when I saw my teacher walking across the street, I yelled at her to get run over. I was trying to impress my older friends. I'm ashamed I said that, and thankful she made it safely across the road. (laughs) Wow. Thanks, Jason. Good email. Very good email. Thank you. Yeah, I'm still Um, thinking about that question. Would you rather get shot in your prime or (laughs) die like a horribly slow death when you're old? In like five the, years, yeah. For a deer, years. that would be old, probably. Mm. But if I'm in my prime right now, I mean, five more years, it's going to be a good five years. Let's do it. Yeah. Mm. How many podcast episodes can we do in five years? 
Well, I'd like to think we could get to Jean Valjean's prisoner number episode, which is <laughs> two four six zero one. I think so. We got a few more to do. <laughs> we also got an email from our our good friend Tim Alien. Yeah, we did, and I'll I'll read that one. It says, "Dear harmonious gentlemen, some random thoughts slash questions." I went down a Bent Roads Tavern rabbit hole the other day, thanks to your recommendation. I was wondering if you know the name befitting their groupies. Benders? Taverniers? It would be helpful for me to identify other extraterrestrials with that kick it to BRT. Whoa. Two, we don't differentiate between animals and humans. We call you terrestrials, which means an inhabitant of the earth. So again, that's in reference to our last episode. Uh, number three, you've probably already read the headline in the Jerusalem Post that former Israeli space security chief says aliens exist, humanity not ready. As the article says, the Galactic Federation, which I had a hunch was already con- consociating itself with terrestrials, has been in contact with Israel and the U.S. for years, but are keeping themselves a secret to prevent hysteria until human- humanity is ready. This should come as no surprise to you and your listeners, and I hope that in some way I have done my part to embolden you to help prepare other terrestrials for this. Live long and prosper, sugar water guy. I mean, so my my topic for the episode is this email. Um, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah. kidding. It's not. No. It could be. <laughs> yeah, there's um, a lot to unpack there. Well, I'm just looking at the article he linked, and it says, if true, this would coincide with U.S. President Donald Trump's creation of the Space Force right. as the fifth branch of the U.S. Armed Forces. It's all coming together. Yeah. It makes sense, doesn't it? Um, back to Bent Road's Tavern, uh, Graham. <laughs> what are your groupies called? Um, we used to call them Bent Heads. I like that. Bent Heads. Yeah. It, that's, I think, I think was it, was it uh, the band Fish Head Fish Heads, I think? Yeah. And so we were kind of a jam band who liked fish at the time. Anyway, yeah, good question. Kind of makes me think that maybe uh, Tim Alien maybe knew the answer to this question in advance, perhaps, per chance. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, Tyler or, or Chris, we had one more email. Maybe we don't have to read it, but we can maybe mention what it was. It was a request. Sure. We, uh, it was Paul. Thanks to yep. listener Paul. Um, and he suggested that we put our recommendations um, out there after our episode. So I think in the, the notes for our episodes, you should see our recommendations if we make any. And it also gives us something to post on social media. So, um, And I think he may have been responding because I was complaining that no one ever gives me uh, feedback on my musical suggestions. So now, Paul, I'm expecting you to listen to um, Aesop Rock and let me know what you think. So, yeah, keep an eye out for our recommendations. Even after the episode, you can look back and see what we've done. That's a good suggestion from Paul, and I think just makes our multimedia platform all that more multi. (laughs) Yeah, it only took us 34 episodes to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) But Tyler, what about the back catalog? I mean, our our podcasts are sort of known for their shelf life and the re-listenability. So, that's right. Gonna... Yeah. Well, I don't know. 
We'll talk. I, about I, was, I was gonna say I could go back and listen to all of them, but I don't really want to do that. Um, but we're paying you for something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of recommendations. Yeah. Should we do? That? <laughs> I think. I think I knew where you're going with that. Let's let's take a break and see if uh, our online podcast program can uh, can handle this. All right. Now it's time for recommendations. Um, and my recommendation is from the video game world, which is people who know me might be a little bit surprised. But a few weeks ago, I bought a Nintendo Game & Watch, which do you guys know what a Game & Watch is? No. I do. So it's a, a re-release uh, okay. of the Nintendo. It was their pre-Game Boy uh, handheld device and uh, this version has uh, the first Super Mario on it and I have been playing it every free chance I get and I'll probably play it as we record this podcast <laughs> um, it is like Super Mario has uh, the first one has always been my favorite video game and I just oh playing it in this format is just Completely enjoyable. I highly recommend. Uh, it's the only game on the Game & Watch. So if you don't like Mario, don't get it. And it's so small, you could like hide it on the pulpit while you preach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the battery life lasts forever. I only charged it once three weeks ago. And, I'm like, and I've been playing it every single day. So. so Peter, is this like the original or like it's a refurbished, re-released thing? It's a re-release. Uh, the original was only – the screen was only black and white, and it okay. didn't have Nintendo on it. It had um, a different game, which they have that game on here, uh, but it's not really that exciting. Okay. Oh, and that's what, pretty awesome. What prompted you to, to purchase this, or was it a gift? I had a really stressful meeting one night, and I saw – on the news uh, right after that meeting that Nintendo was releasing this thing. And I never do impulse buys, but I did it that night. I'm like, life sucks. I'm buying Nintendo. And, <laughs> and uh, thankfully this is uh, only like $50. So, yeah. And I, I feel like I've gotten my money out of it. So can you get different games on it? Sadly, no, though I've seen a ton of articles of computer hackers uh, totally hacking it and putting different games on it. Okay. So, um, but it only comes with the first Super Mario and the Japanese version of Super Mario 2, not the American version of Super Mario 2. Never a fan of Super Mario 2. 3 is my favorite of all time. Interesting that one is yours. Well, in Super the Japanese version of Super Mario 2 is very similar to Super Mario 1. Yeah, okay. it actually they it was they thought it would be too difficult for Americans, so they actually that's why they got that's why we got that weird Mario 2 game that with like the picking up the radishes stuff because yep. it was that was like a different game with like Mario slapped on it. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. But Mario 3 is my favorite too. I'm with you on that one, Chris. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. Um I have a really quick one. And it's just, I know I've probably talked about the criminal podcast in the past, but once in a while I like to just throw like an episode out there to watch, to listen to. Um, 
And if you haven't listened to Criminal and you want like an entry point, listen to the episode Bump in the Night from Criminal. Okay. Um, I accidentally listened to it for the second time this week and was reminded how awesome it is. So if you want a way to get into Criminal, it's called Bump in the Night and it's about a girl who hears a ghost in her attic. Hmm. It's awesome. Too scary for me, but I wrote it down anyway. Okay, well, I'm going to recommend some music, and I'm going old school like Peter did with his, uh, what's it called? Game and Watch? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this is a record called Jesus Christ Superstar, and th- this is a double uh, recommendation because it's also the record The Messiah, Handel's Messiah, and since it's Christmas, I listen to those kind of on repeat over and over. Uh, two nice Christmassy or connected to Christmas rec- vinyl albums. Nice. You don't have to listen to them on vinyl. You could listen to them on Spotify. No, you have to listen to them on vinyl. Yeah, it's nicer. <laughs> you know, say what you will about vinyl coming back and people can be sort of like, you know, pretend to be annoyed. It's so awesome that vinyl is back and people are listening to it and buying records again. I think it's great. My kids love it. They can actually hold it. They can read the words. They can look at the pictures. It's a it's a full experience. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, my, my recommendation is... Well, it's kind of twofold. First, it's shop local, right? Just uh, I think with um, the state of things in Alberta anyways right now and probably everywhere, um, it's just a reminder to support local businesses that you enjoy if you want to keep them around. And then today I was trying to do that. I was out gathering a couple things for Christmas and I stumbled upon um, this place in Lacombe called Templar Games. And it's a board game and cards shop in Lacombe. And I've actually seen someone dressed up as a, like a knight, like from medieval times, dressed up downtown Lacombe, kind of trying to herd people into this store before. <laughs> and I've never gone in there, but I went in today and the guy there was super friendly. And like, there was a game I was looking at to buy as a gift. And he just, he had an open package and he showed me how the game worked and like recommended it and he took me he showed me he has like a gaming area for um it's kind of open to the public not right now he just had to shut it down right where kids could just come and play magic the gathering or any kind of there were a bunch of chess boards set up and stuff too seemed like a really cool place um but one of those places that i wonder like how they're going to be affected by yeah. Um, all these restrictions. So if you get a chance or you're looking for any kind of board game or card game, Templar Games in Lacombe. That might be a fun place to tell our friends to go try Gloomhaven yeah. there someday. Yeah, I talked to him a little bit about Gloomhaven. And uh, I think I earned some some uh, street cred there. Some nerd nerd cred? Yeah, some points. Nice. Yeah. I can't wait to play Gloomhaven again. Just cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I ditto, but I actually mean it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, good recommendations today, everybody. Um, so we're going to get to our topic, and I'll wait till after the break to tell you what we're going to be talking about. But I'll, I, I'll say this, that there's some statistics that I was sort of sifting through on this, but around 40% of people in North America take this topic pretty seriously. 
All right. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the same in our little group here, if that will play out, but 40% take this seriously. If you're over 50, you don't take it as seriously. Uh, if you're a female, you actually take it more seriously. Hmm. Um, hmm. I'm curious where we're going to land on this, but I, I would say 35 to 45, somewhere in there percent of people um, is, are pretty serious about this topic. And uh hope I'm not scaring you too much here, people, but... Well, I'm wondering if you're wishing you had young women on the show instead of us. Obviously. Like to talk about this. <laughs> is, I've always wanted. Yeah. It's my one goal for the podcast. Um, no, you guys, are, just wait. Listeners, you're going to have to wait for the topic. I will say this, though. It does have to, something to do with one of our recommendations. Hmm. Okay. Vinyl. Welcome back to the episode. Um, you guys, so when I first bought this house um, four years ago, five years, coming up on five years ago, some of our listeners know that our house is very old. It's about 110, 115 years old. We're not really sure how old it is. And the first thing he said to me was like, he was serious. He said like, he's like, man, it's, I like the house, but that's not a good idea. <laughs> I was like, why? He's like, it's, awesome. not, it's, it's not a smart idea to, to do that. I'm like, well, I know it's old, but like we hadn't inspected and it, it's been really well taken care of. And he's like, no, no, he's like, it's not that. He's like, it's haunted. There's no way that house is not haunted. <laughs> and I was, I said, I was kind of laughing, but I, but he was actually legitimately serious that he's, he's like, I would never buy a house that old um, hmm. because um, there's no way that there's not some sort of haunting or ghost or something going on in that house. Uh, so then... <laughs> Peter's expression is really good. We should I'm glad this. this is on video right now. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about ghosts and the paranormal tonight hmm. a little bit. And so one thing I did was I looked up some stats, and that's what I was telling you before. So about 35 to 45, somewhere in there, percent of Americans believe that ghosts are real and that we can interact with ghosts, okay, so that they're, they're a reality in the world. And that seemed high to me. That seemed high. So I'm going to hit you right away with just a simple question to start. Chris, do you believe in ghosts? Okay, so it's not as simple enough for me to just say yes or no to that because like Tyler has said in a couple episodes, mm -hmm. it's important to define terms sure. before we like so that we can have a common vocabulary before I know what I'm agreeing to. Yes, I so, have a, there, I have a lot of stuff I've re, I've written down, and I just want to start with. with that the sounds general like, yeah, so you just want a yes or no? Then I have to say no if that's all. If that's the no. whole question, it's a no. But <laughs> if you have no. more for me, then like maybe to, it's a maybe. No, we'll come to. I have more later on, but but go ahead. How would you respond to that question? New, like more nuanced. What would you say? More nuanced. Like I personally don't. I've had no experience with them, but because of other people's experience experiences, it makes me wonder. How about that? makes you wonder what well just that what are they experiencing that they're so convinced when they speak in terms of their they have a yes right and i'm like this is stupid why are we even talking about this but um <laughs> no no not you when i speak, <laughs> no, talk I to I'm other kidding. people i'm kidding it. i'm kidding so there's more to it than the simple no i think even though it is still a no for me okay i'll go next because my answer is similar to that where i would say no but I believe that other people, their experience is true to them. So I think that's kind of what you were saying too, right, Chris, that they are so convinced in it that, that is a, they might have true experiences. So I don't want to deny that experience, but I don't. 
like if, if it comes down to it, I think that it's in their head, but that can still be real to them. And I'll okay. just stop. There. We can talk about more about what I mean later, maybe. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what Peter says, and I don't know if he should be able to even talk till the third segment. Well, what's what's standing right behind Peter? <laughs> now, e- even though I am a huge, huge fan of nearly headless Nick, um, <laughs> I do not believe in in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something that uh, people have brought up to me on a regular basis. Uh, because really. Since I uh, deal with spiritual matters, uh, people automatically lump what I do with that. So I've had uh, many, many conversations about ghosts with uh, with people, but I've actually have never thought super deeply about it myself. So, so all three of you have probably talked to people or heard from people that that maybe claim to have seen or experienced a ghost. Um. And I have two, so Tyler, if they if they if they forced you to tell them like, do you believe me? What would you say? Um, if it's someone who you care about, you know, and and they say like, you know, do you believe me? Uh, I I I think I would say I believe that they. Oh shoot, that sounds so condescending to say that. I was gonna say I, <laughs> I was gonna say I believe that you believe that you saw. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> You would say, it sounds like you're really convinced. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is what I actually think, but I don't know what in that moment, that's not a very, yeah. No, it's fine. I I just, that was my, that was one of the things I was thinking about a lot yesterday was just, you know, there are people who, who I know who would swear by it. And so what can I, yeah. I guess I would would want to ask questions. Like how do you, how do you know it wasn't uh, your mind playing tricks on you or how do you know, um, this was a ghost or yeah, I would just ask questions, I think, but in probably, my mind, well, I would think this is in your head. Yeah. My, my first response would actually be, why does it matter to you what I believe? Because mm-hmm. I believe many things that other people don't believe and it doesn't really phase me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes uh, when these questions come up, uh, it's a big deal that I uh, believe uh, what they believe. And so that I, that just leads me to the question, why is that a big deal? Yeah, that's a neat way to um, carry on a conversation that way, Peter. I think when I was young, my parents definitely told me, like, don't mess around with this kind of stuff. So if friends were talking about it or watching movies that were like this or playing with a Ouija board, which was kind of a popular game quote unquote, when I was a kid, um, we were just like told not to mess around with anything like that. So probably I wouldn't have even asked people questions. I would have been like, well, I'm not supposed to talk about this, but now I would want to ask questions to find out what do you actually think? Well, I remember the, uh, the Ouija board being a thing for sure. Like that I was scared of as a kid a little bit. Um, okay. So I have a quick question here as well. Um, so, oh, I can get to that later on. Okay, some of the stats. So there's the, one other thing that I read too. So believing in ghosts is one thing. Um, the paranormal in general, have you guys ever had what you would call a paranormal experience? 
can I ask you, Graham, yeah. to define like what yes. is like what's the definition of a ghost, first of so, all, and then and then what's the definition of paranormal? So I'll go paranormal so you can answer it. Like paranormal is just something that you that that is outside the realm of what you can explain. Yeah. Okay, I'll ex- I'll share one paranormal experience I had. I was in an art class that I was taking at the college, kind of an evening course. It was a sketching, like a life class. And a girl who I'd never met was in the class for me. We were meeting in the evenings. We're walking through the hallway of Red Deer College together at night. So no students were around. And she said, you have a really nice aura. And I was like, I don't know what that means. You have a a really thick green aura. And then she said a few things about me that were true, like kind of about my personality, which I thought was interesting. And she said she could tell that from like the light around me. And then she explained that she often meets with disembod like spirits, but she called them, I don't think she used the word ghost, but, and they would often come to her for, for help or for, for things. And it was almost like she was given tasks by them that they needed, she needed to help them to complete before they could kind of be sent to their eternal rest. Like, like it sounds like the plot of a dumb movie, but it happened to me and I was Did like, you- did you know this weird. person? But did you know her before this conversation? Did not know her. It was the, the oh. first first day I ever met her. Wow! And they didn't have like. Um, and how long have you been married for? How long? Now? <laughs> Sorry, Ty. No. Not married, but what did you say, Ty? Oh, I just said um, they didn't have social media or anything back then, so she could know anything about you. Oh yeah, no, it been a lot no, harder. There's no way she knew who I was before. You. you do have a strong aura. I'll give you that. And it could have um, been a total put on. It is true, I do. Um, wait, did you say aroma or aura? <laughs> <laughs> that is an important M. Um, a ghost is like I, I was reading. I just pulled it up again. It's an apparition of a dead person, which is believed to appear become manifest to us. So basically, it is someone who has died that we we can visit okay. and see. Like that's what I would ex- how I would explain a ghost, but right, yeah. right. Okay, um, so some of the, like the first segment, I thought I would just throw some stats out because I found them really interesting. Did you know that thirteen percent of Americans believe that vampires are real? I just, I'll just move past that one quickly, but I saw that and that was kind of <laughs> weird because um, that doesn't seem right to me, but it kind of is. Um, yeah, but the stats on paranormal experience is super high. It's like seventy percent or so of people who would claim they had a, have had a paranormal experience, which is very different from seeing a ghost. I, I understand that. Um, and that's different. But I, I almost felt like that was a bit more interesting to me because then I was thinking about things like, um, you know, spirits or things um, like Bigfoot or anything that's sort of, you know, that's, um, I guess. UFOs, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, I like that. And especially now with this email we got from Tim Alien, that got me thinking even more about this, about aliens. But um, has anyone ever told you guys like a, a, a story about seeing a ghost or a spirit that like, like specifically told you? You don't have to share like the the person or, or even the story, but has anyone ever shared that with you? I'm yes. sure I have. I can't remember any stories well enough to retell them, but I know I've, I've got, been in these kinds of conversations where someone says, "Oh, but I, I've had this experience," and but I, yeah. Yeah, so I have. But I've heard two um, different kids tell me stories that were like quite not my own children, but you know kids of friends that were really convincing and actually kind of terrifying like to, even though the the thing they dealt with wasn't a scary thing like the way they explained it 
It's like, I don't think they could have been making it up. It was so descriptive. And that made me think that's interesting. Mm. Would you guys sort of lump in, you know, psychics and, you know, people who talk to deceased people, like, would you lump all those in all nonsense, all fake? Hmm. Like just dismiss all that whole field. Yeah, I don't know if I'd dismiss it because I think something's going on there. I don't think it's what those people are saying it is, but often psychics are just good guessers, I think, and yeah. they're preying on people who are maybe vulnerable. Oh, that might be really condescending to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I, that's part of why I want to kind of discuss this a little bit because, I mean, it's a huge industry. Like, it's a huge part of our Western – well, actually, most civilizations, there's some sort of, you know – ghost or spirits or afterlife it's it's i don't know i think it's relevant and i don't know if that's super yeah i don't, I don't want to be condescending either but i sort of i kind of agree with you that they provide a service i think for people i think if you've lost someone and you want to believe that you're talking to them that's that's a something that's legitimate but i don't yeah i don't know do you know what i mean i don't i don't want to be insulting but i also am extremely skeptical but also fascinated well, and I can go out on a limb and say from a faith-based uh, perspective, I believe in an afterlife. I actually believe in that people have spirits and that there is a spiritual world. I just don't think it's disembodied human ghosts wandering around or mm-hmm. humans that can interact with them. But So maybe what I believe sounds just as silly to somebody else. Yeah, this this brings two thoughts to mind. Uh, one with these questions that people believe in the paranormal, are they combining uh, the spiritual experiences with that? Uh, because for some people, those blend together. And uh, second thought, even though this isn't the uh, these sort of things I don't believe in, people that I've greatly respected throughout history uh, have uh, believed in these sort of things. Like I Uh, Abraham Lincoln, for example, uh, him and his wife did a seance after uh, one of their children died. Um, And it's like they obviously believed in some sort of thing. And when I think of um, uh, Abraham Lincoln, I think of somebody who's a rationalist. Like we all have different gauges of what we think is true or false. And he seems to be more of a rationalist in his uh, in his thinking. Um, Sometimes I lean more toward empiricism, but it's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's just a whole lot of different layers going on here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, maybe we'll just let that sit for a second. I have a couple things I want to ask you guys tonight. Um, yeah. but ponder this question. Okay. So there's a house, super old and everyone says it's haunted. It's not my house. <laughs> no, is it your house? Yeah. Great. No. And everyone, and it's got this like, you know, it's known for being haunted, let's say, right? All that's that old house. And everyone says that, you know, spending a night there, you can't, you can't do it. Um, would anyone, would any of you guys be hesitant for a moment to spend the night alone in that house? Like if someone said, hey, I dare you to do it. Would anyone, would anyone of you be hesitant or scared in any way or not, not in any way? No, but I hope you realize I did curse your house after I got a meal <laughs> filled with gluten at that one time. <laughs> so that's what that is. <laughs> that's making sense now. I just, I guess I just mean that, like, even okay. So this is my another confession. I guess last night when I was thinking about 
what we could talk about. I was up really late. I couldn't sleep. And I legitimately was like watching videos about this stuff and like reading stuff about this. And I actually got like freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. I can like, see it. In like that, that moment, I look around the house and I'm and I'm legitimately scared and I'm legitimately like closing my laptop and going to bed. Um, well, that's why my answer to your question, like, would any part of me hesitate? And it would, because I know the power of our our minds. Like, mm-hmm. if someone told me and they were really convinced that this place is freaky, like, mm-hmm. I know that if I'm in the dark and I hear and I'm alone and I hear sounds, like, I'm gonna freak out. Yeah. It doesn't, even though I know afterwards or before that that's just me. Yeah. But so, yeah, I, I, I acknowledge that I would be, I still get, if I'm in my, even my house, it's not a hundred years old. I still get freaked out by weird sounds in the night or mm-hmm. whatever. Graham, that sounds like an absolute nightmare to me staying in an old abandoned house. Like I'm not, I don't think ghosts are real, but I don't want to stay in an old house by myself. But like, why not? Well, I think like Tyler said, yeah, it could be mice, but partly it's those, like I don't watch scary movies because when I do, I actually get scared. Like, and when I see like the trailer of a scary movie, those I'm like, oh boy, I'm probably going to, that's going to be in my dreams tonight. And I don't believe that that's a thing, but maybe I do. Like, I don't know. Maybe does that mean I actually believe it? It just means I'm a chicken when it comes to scary (laughs) stuff. I I, hate scary stuff. I actually know people in Alberta here that what they do on their free time, and I'm assuming this was pre-COVID, is they would look up a registry of haunted places where you could stay at and purposely go and stay at that haunted place. And I, I just... I don't know. It kind of reminds me of the the movie, the wonderful Don Knotts movie from the 60s, The Ghosts of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that movie? No. It's it sounds amazing. Uh, basically, Don Knotts is a character who is challenged to sleep in a haunted house for a night, and he sees uh, blood running down a painting and an organ playing with nobody playing it. And it's it's just a fun movie from the 60s. They estimate, speaking of um, haunted tourism, there's estimated 10,000 haunted houses in the UK alone that you can visit. And there's a, a real industry there. Does haunted always imply like nefarious or evil things going on? Or could it be like, there's a friendly guy who flicks on the lights or... Casper. Yeah, he's a haunt. Okay. Guys, go to hauntedrooms.co.uk. No, I will not. <laughs> but if my house comes up, tell me. <laughs> So if you want to email us at harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com with stories or opinions on this topic, please do, because there may be a, a lot of different thoughts on this. Um, when I first decided to talk about ghosts and the paranormal, it was sort of more of a, not a silly topic, but, you know, there's some strange websites I found and some pictures and some, you know, I, things that I, I feel are kind of more like entertainment, maybe for us. Um, but then, of course, we started talking about um the, the the real spiritual side of, of things and maybe we should maybe talk a little bit about that did i say maybe we should maybe maybe we should maybe <laughs> um, so one thing that came up in a lot of the polls that i was looking at interviews and things was the belief in demons um was a lot higher than just just ghosts just apparitions and just and so you know in 
terms of things like demon possessions or or anything related to the term. So maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Um, Peter, I was going to ask you when when people you said you've had people talk to you about ghosts, um, quite a, quite a few. You said, mm-hmm. um, did the term demon come up um, in those conversations? Not near as often as just talking about ghosts, uh, mm-hmm. which I find to be the interesting thing. I've had uh, conversations of uh, demons and demon possession, and and seeing some very interesting experiences that fit within uh that um but that does not come up near as often as as ghosts oh that surprises me yeah me too Mm -hmm. do you guys when you hear about demon possession what do you think do you are you dismissive like you are with ghosts in the attic or is that different maybe not As, as an example I would definitely be more careful in the way I respond to it. But, and, and again, maybe this, like, I don't, when I imagine like a little horned, like demon, like cartoonish kind of thing, like I dismiss that, but I don't deny evil in the world or yeah. But I also, yeah, I believe that we can make a lot of things real in our heads. And we and if we name something demon possession, it Yeah, like I I, I still don't imagine a a, phys, like a a a demon entering into the body of someone. I imagine there's there there's a biological explanation for it or a psychological explanation for it which can be connected to god or evil i don't know i I find it hard to explain and it would be it is tricky to have those conversations i think i would say like i don't think about this very much i love the idea of unexplained things in general but this sort of thing like seems so beyond what i you know it's not like a an animal that hasn't been seen for 100 years and shows up this is like you can't empirically prove it but you hear stories from people and if you have friends who have been to, you know, in the in the 80s and 90s, I had friends who were missionaries in Asia and Africa. And some of the things they talked about hearing from people in in other countries was like, how can that not be demon possession or spiritual warfare kind of stuff? So yeah, I don't dismiss it. I think it's real. I don't I certainly don't know anything about it hardly. But um, yeah, I think angels are real, I think. And demons are too. I think in many ways it's important to remember to kind of where our society is at. So like if you go back like 500, 600 and further years ago, um, it was basically assumed that there was a demon behind every tree. Uh, so a little too heavy on that end. And we're kind of on the extreme end in our current society in our sort of secular uh, age that we're in. Um, I think, I think another thing, one of the things I've seen, like I, I believe in um, heavy spiritual influences and demon possession and those uh, sort of things, but I've seen people manipulate 
those experiences in a very unhealthy way. Like for, for example, if somebody is dealing with um, uh, some sort of a, um, mental health issue where doctors know the cause of that, that mental health issue and uh, um, have good ways to help resolve that. I've seen way too many Christians go the direction that this is demon possession and reject any sort of medical help. And I think that is wrong and dangerous uh, to, to do. Um, and so I, I think we need to be incredibly careful when, when we come to those things. But I, I have been around people where um, I've seen incredible changes. I don't know, like, it's hard for me to qualify as something if, if something is demon possession or not, but incredible spiritual changes over like just when a prayer was done. Um, the thing that I loved about those situations is you saw an extreme change in a person, but it was a simple 30 second prayer. Um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't some big deal that, that we made uh, or did some sort of exorcism with a, a specific practice to it. We just prayed for the person and, and there we go. Uh, so I, I don't know. There's this, a lot of ideas that we have in our society that I think is kind of uh, feeding our thoughts about these issues more than just kind of thinking critically about it. Yeah. One. Um, thanks. One. The term um, I'm feeling like spiritually attacked. I heard that a lot in, in Christian circles, and I've never really totally understood that. Maybe from, just from my point of view. Um, people that people that don't use those terms a lot, um, or I'm under attack, or or you know, um, you guys have heard that before. Like that. You, you obviously yeah. that's not like a new thing. Um, do you think that's true? Do you think there's truth to that? That certain people at certain times are being spiritually attacked. Um, than other times? I think they, that phrase can be used, and but it might mean, well, it might not even mean something. Yeah, I think it would mean so, something different to sometimes even the person who's saying it than to the person who's listening to it. And it can still be true. Like I, Like someone, I've heard people say that even about this pandemic or about, and like, they'll say like, as Christians, we're being, this is uh, like, we're being, yeah, it's spiritual warfare or, or whatever. And to them, that means like actual demons attacking or like manipulating their life. But to me, it means there's some conflict in their beliefs and what is happening in the physical world around them. And like, so metaphorically they're being attacked so like i wouldn't disagree with them but they might actually believe it's not a metaphor like it's literal demons attacking them so can i, I can i say something that's probably going to get me in a whole bunch of trouble <laughs> yes please please do now i have to um <laughs> i've heard I've heard people say that many times that this uh, pandemic is spiritual warfare because it's a struggle for Christians. It's a struggle for churches and whatnot. And 
pandemics have happened all throughout history and to connect them with spiritual warfare, I think is a stretch, but I think what might be spiritual warfare is when people say that it is spiritual warfare, because what they're doing is they're causing division and doubt and fear. And uh, when people make those comments, it is harmful and I don't see any positive and I get pretty pissed. I mean, angry is pissed. word. (laughs) We'll I, can believe, I can believe any word you want out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've proven that. Yeah, that's interesting, Peter. One of the things we've talked about the book American Gods before by Neil Gaiman, and he, it's a fictitious book. But what one thing that he kind of um, he does metaphorically, I think, Ty, correct me if I'm wrong, but he he talks about these gods of the old world, kind of these principalities or powers of things like greed, um, lust. And, and how those gods are being replaced by technology. And so they're kind of manifested as like um, like a characters by like actual people, but they're kind of demons or gods that people worship by doing things like spending time on their phone or worshiping money, those ideas. So that like whether it is an actual personification or, of something or just an idea or a power of something that you idolize, like in my mind, it doesn't really matter. Like is it a person or is it an idea? If it's taking away your attention from what's good and right and pure and lovely, like those things become gods to us. So they, is that what a demon is? I don't know. But I I like how Gaiman kind of explains that because it, that made a lot of sense to me. Speaking of spirits and Gaiman graveyard book, another recommendation we've said before, let's say it again. Yeah. So good. Such a good book. I, that one's more about ghosts though. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely ghosts. Yeah, it is. Well, I'd be on board for those kind of ghosts. I read have ghosts, so it's yeah. Even though so I don't an- believe them, I like fiction. <laughs> how how true is Angels in the Outfield? Just in general, then it's a biography, right, of the That's Anaheim Angels in the early nineties. Yeah. And before he was an actor, Danny Glover was <laughs> he was actually an outfielder, <laughs> I'm, or was I'm he a pitcher? Ashamed, I I'm ashamed to say I actually don't like that movie. No, it's okay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? You don't like sports. But I guess um, it's a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, someone can look that up okay, while I think about the next that's... thing. Okay, how about we just do a little pause, and we'll look that up, and we'll come back, and we'll see. Whose cat is meowing? Yeah. That... <laughs> can you hear my cat? It must so. be. <laughs> oh. Let's take a break so you can put it outside. <laughs> I would love to. So Chris, um, I was going to ask you, you, you love scary movies. Oh, you should man. have known for it. Yeah, um, right. Maybe I'll just start the segment off by asking each of you, what's the scariest movie you've ever watched? Just what jumps to your mind right now? When I say scariest movie you've ever seen, maybe not even a ghost-related thing, but just what do you think? Scariest film of all time. I mean, I can start and give you a second if you want. When I was okay. a kid, I was at a sleepover with some friends and um, – Freddy Krueger, one of the yeah. Freddy Krueger movies, was on, and I wasn't ever allowed to watch that kind of stuff. And I actually had to call home and get picked up because I couldn't handle it. I was melting down. I don't know how old I was, but <laughs> I couldn't handle it. So that, in my mind, that was the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yep. And for me, it was. Um, I didn't even watch the movie. I saw the cover of it in a video store. Uh, <laughs> it was Wait, Video View by my it? house. Yeah. 
Is it the one with all the pins on the guy's? Yeah, head? Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> terrified me as a kid. Yeah. Terrified me. Yeah, that was. I never saw so the you, movie either. You never saw it, but it's. A scary I never movie. saw it. I just saw the, the the VHS sleeve, and I was like nightmares. <laughs> I should probably watch it just to get some closure. Yeah. We should after the after this episode. Yeah. Mine. This isn't. I don't think the movie was that scary, but it was signs. Oh, it's man. a good sci-fi movie. But, it's scary. But I had just moved. I was like in grade 10 and it moved to an acreage right next to like a farmer's field. And I watched it late at night and was like in an old house. And I remember looking out my bedroom window and seeing like mm-hmm. the the wind blow across like the, the field and the moonlight down on the field. No. And it, it was just. That's too much. Yeah, it was. So I know that movie is not that scary, but it was just the whole, all the combination of everything happening that night. I actually, I love that movie, but it, it scared me because I've it felt so it. real. And it has like a couple jump scares, but overall it's not a horror movie, but it is like, it's just a, it's just a good movie. I was going to mention that movie, Tyler, uh, that movie for me is tied with another movie. So I'll mention the other movie now, but like signs, I grew up on an acreage, old farmhouse, and I saw it when I was super young, and it, yeah, it scared me. I had nightmares about it. Mm-hmm. The other movie is called The Others, um, with Nicole Kidman. Um, it came out. Oh, when did it come out? Ninety nine, I think. Um, if I had to guess, it's a ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But The Others freaked me out, and it's a movie about ghosts. Uh, Hmm. Highly recommended, though. I oh wow, it's still a favorite of mine. But it scared me for quite. Was that a- M Night Shyamalan as well? No, but similar style. It felt like an M Night Shyamalan movie. What was your guess? Ninety two, eighty three. Ah, you're you're going way high tonight. I, I, am, a, I, I am. Angels in the outfield, and you were way off. On way high. I'm losing my touch here. I need to start paying attention to Rotten Tomatoes. I have a friend that went to the Blair Rich Project when they were camping in BC, and they had to get a hotel for the rest of the week because they were so scared of of Blair Witch. And so, just in like a, this can't be that scary, I decided to watch it myself. And I fat I never told him this is kind of my confession. Maybe I watched the whole movie on fast forward, so I just hit the fast forward button and watched it in about twenty two minutes, and. So I saw the movie, but never heard any of the dialogue and everything was really fast and had lines through it. And I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. <laughs> that was a scary movie. I mean, I, I oh, I'm sure <laughs> legitimately. I think actually now that I'm thinking about it, the, the most I've ever been scared is probably in the movie Requiem for a Dream. But that had nothing to do with ghosts or scary. That was more just scaring me about the realities of. Huh. Yeah, that was a David Fincher movie, right? Yes. Yeah, it's the best movie I'll never watch again. That's kind of how people talk. That's about cool. It, yeah, um, that's one thing I, I that came up in my in my late night ghost hunting activities last night was reading about the prevalence of ghost themes in TV with ghost hunting TV shows or movies and how sort of it's just a normal part of our culture. And we were laughing during the break there about how even some people think. You know, it even categorizes Harry Potter as being something that's that's taking spirituality to a place it shouldn't go to. Um, I don't know, how, maybe that's not how you'd put it, but you, you know what I mean. It's it's got yeah. themes that maybe aren't appropriate uh, to be to be uh, you know 
especially if it's targeted as kids would probably be people's argument right and do you guys so empathize with that like do, do you agree with that in any way as an example harry potter do you, do you get that i've seen people take harry potter into unhealthy ways yeah um but not in ways that you would see the author ever take it um like they're trying the imperious curse on each other or what? <laughs> no, just a very immature uh, ways like uh, 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 games like Cards Against Muggles I played once before and never again. Like it's the Harry Potter version of Cards Against Humanity. And it's just like it felt so off from the books. Like it didn't belong in that world. And yeah. Uh, but like when I read the books, like I see the Christian influences more than the spiritual, like uh, mm. uh, witchcraft influences, especially in the final novel. Like the Christian themes are so heavy in that novel. It's on the same level as uh, Chronicles of Narnia, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Well, it's almost like you mentioned earlier, people who go to these haunted houses like they pay to go and spend a night in these haunted places. Like those people clearly don't in my head, they don't believe that it's, they know that their mind will get, they'll get freaked out. They know that's going to happen, but then afterwards they know it's not real. So they'll go do it again. Right. They don't actually feel like their life is in danger or they, they go into it knowing what it is. It's like a scary movie to them. Right. And I feel like with Harry Potter, it's similar where, you can read it and think this is, and even, I mean, I don't know what the authors, I don't know. I haven't read it as much as you, Peter, but my guess is that it's, you're going into it or she went into it thinking this isn't real. It's a world that we can tell another story in, right? Mm -hmm. A good story, a compelling story, a fun story, right? So if you go into that believing in witchcraft, then yeah, you can take it in a different direction, but well, and it has the same levels of witchcraft that are in Narnia or in the Lord of the Rings. And, yeah. and somehow we treat those books differently. I don't hear Christians criticize those books near as much. And so um, even the idea of horcruxes you see within the Lord of the Rings. So like you see those same spiritual elements. But I do, I do find it's interesting. I do have some concerns about the... Um, spiritual relevance in our TV shows that we watch. Um, but I, I was saying during the break too, that I am more way more bothered by violence in TVs and movies than I am by um, uh, spiritual things. Uh, though sometimes those two things are combined with yeah. mm -hmm. uh, the TV shows and movies. So yeah. I think the problem I have with the movies or books is when it's sort of like a dabbling in it and it's like it isn't taken seriously or presented as real. Like The Exorcist doesn't really bug me as a movie because they're taking the subject matter seriously in a way, right? Like they're trying to show what happens when and whether. I don't know if the the creator of it take, took it seriously or not, but um, the story is like a priest trying to exorcise a demon and it's sort of like here's the story of that happening when it's like, here's some kids dabbling with witchcraft and trying to like, to me, that just seems way, I don't know why, like maybe that's a huge double standard and I'm being a hypocrite. Not that I would watch the exorcist still too scary for me. Um, but it doesn't like bug me as much as 
I can't even think of an example of a movie, but Practical Magic or something where it's like three girls trying to use witchcraft to fall in love or something. And I'm like, why are we messing with this stuff? That just seems stupid. What about, so just because you mentioned kids like Stranger Things, especially season two and three get fairly. Yeah. Yeah. There's some evil forces there. Like, do you find that disturbing or you okay? It's disturbing, but you know, who's evil and who's good. And the kids are trying to defeat evil. They're not trying to use evil or take evil on. I don't know. To me, that's then maybe that's a, a massive like double standard, but I'm not, um, I'm not sure that it is because like what you're saying is you just don't, like it when people call evil things good and good things evil. Yeah. And I, I think that's a legitimate standard to have. I actually, I think it's probably a good standard to, to have. I actually feel like I preached on that recently and now I'm trying to remember, but (laughs) please use me as a sermon example where it, it does that. What about, Oh, what's the, the demon who gets his horns cut off? He's a hero. Oh yeah, Hellboy. 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 Yeah. I love Hellboy. Oh, <laughs> good movies. Like, yeah. Oh, like that's a demon who's the hero, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. And a lot of people were definitely turned off by the first Hellboy movie because it has uh, darker, heavier spiritual influences, and the second one is more fantasy focused. And the second one is my favorite of of the two. I don't count the latest Hellboy movie to be a movie. Like, no. that's just garbage. But, um, oh, such good movies. I didn't even think about that. He, he, okay, if I'm wrong, the Nazis were trying to open a portal to win the war. It's always and, the Nazis. Right? And then the, and then the Allies rescued this baby demon, right? Doesn't that what happened in that movie? And that's, yeah. yep. he's working for them. So, yep. you know. But the interesting thing with that movie, even though it has spiritual uh, heavy spiritual influences at the end of that movie, what saves uh, Hellboy is he's also like, he grew up in like the Catholic church. Now this takes yeah. synch- syncretistic views of Roman Catholicism that I don't like, but like there's this uh, battle between like identities of his uh, demon identity and his uh, Christian identity. And it's a, uh, it's a very interesting take on these things, but yeah, it, it's a good thing to uh, think about if that's a good movie to watch. You know, I didn't think that this podcast would end up with an analysis of Hellboy. Um, <laughs> a but theological I'm glad, analysis? I'm glad, I'm glad that it did. Um, you, you touched the chord <laughs> for me. Like, those movies, I just adore them. They're good. They're, they're good movies. Um, well, we could definitely... You know, this is this is fun. We we probably have to wrap up at some point pretty quick here. We are on segment three. Um, I really do hope that you guys are legitimately scared going to bed tonight a little bit. I hope that Thanks. you look around the room. You know I am. I keep thinking a face is going to appear behind Tyler in his window, <laughs> and if it does, I'm out of here. Hey, I honestly wanted <laughs> I wanted Heidi to go out the window behind me <laughs> with like a sheet over her head or something. <laughs> I was going to text. I, I had my phone out. I was going to text Krista to come and. <laughs> show up in the background there oh man i'd be so fastly out of there <laughs> and i'm just watching your screen hey not to worry i did look up the most notorious haunted place in alberta okay and i know where it is and we are we are not close 
Does anyone want to wager a guess before we head smashed in Buffalo jump? Okay, great. I don't know. Not true. Well, maybe um, it is, but not, not the website I used. Well, I think it'll be southern, southern Alberta, like Lethbridge, close to the states. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lethbridge, no. Cardston. You're closer. Oh, that's the one I, was, I couldn't think of the name. Close to the Cardston. Mormon Temple. Or are you closer? No. Um, no, the Banff Springs Hotel. Oh. There are many stories of a young bellman and a bride um, that haunt the halls of the Banff Springs Hotel. Hmm. I always okay. thought that place looked like Hogwarts. So. Mm-hmm. Now, two reasons not to stay there it's way too expensive and haunted. Thank you. Yeah. This episode brought <laughs> to you by the Banff Springs Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Get 5% off if okay. <laughs> if you um, mention the haunting and this podcast. I mean, 5% there is like 500 bucks. So Yeah, it's true. That's the savings. All right. Thanks, you guys. Um, it is, Tyler, I I understand. It's, it's kind of scary when you're bringing something to these guys to talk about and you don't know if it's going to work at all. But thanks for your sharing your thoughts and opinions. And um, Thanks it, for taking the risk on that topic, Graham, because that's like, mm-hmm. is this something we could talk about? I I'm know. glad you did. I, I told myself it's going to go in directions that I didn't plan for and it'll be good. And it, and it did like, I thought it really did. So thank you. Were, were there any final like comments, stats or quotes you wanted to share before we end the segment? Um, well, they're not, not really. I, I okay. should probably wrap it up, but there were a few, I read a few things about sort of why people believe in, in these things and why they so wholeheartedly do. Um, but I don't know if I have time to read all this right now. So maybe another okay. time. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Maybe not right now. But thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's confess some things and then we'll get out of here. All right. Well, one thing we like to do that may be considered a spiritual practice is confessing things that maybe are on our hearts or our minds. And sometimes this has been for like our whole lives. Sometimes it's been just for a few days. And my confession stems from last episode, actually. Tyler led us through a conversation about animal rights and animal welfare. And my confession is that I haven't been treating my cat very well uh, over its lifetime with us. And my wife is literally looking through the window right now as I'm saying this and agreeing with me. So verification. My... um, the leaf I'm trying to turn over is to try to treat my cat better. So even though I knew it peed on my floor mat this morning, I didn't yell at it, kick it, or try to do anything violent. And I tried to keep my thoughts positive because I'm trying to take care of my pet. Nice. That's my confession. That's beautiful. That was a passive-aggressive confession, but a confession nonetheless. You kind know, of like maybe. a humble brag too. Like, look at all these uh, this great step I'm taking. No, it's not a humble brag. I'm the part of the confession is I'm embarrassed that I'm doing it. You know, maybe the cat will pee less on the floor if it gets positive reinforcement. Yeah, that's a theory. <laughs> well, thanks, Chris, for that uh, heartfelt and earth-shattering confession. I, yeah. my confession, it's not really a confession, but um, so everyone seems to love the Beatles. Um, the band, uh, and I've never, I always hated the Beatles hmm. and I would be so oh. judgmental when people talk about the Beatles, like, oh, whatever. I, I would always yeah. be like, everyone loves the Beatles. Like, oh, you're so original. You love the Beatles. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So 
and that was always my attitude. And I never gave them a chance at all. Um, I was very judgmental. But uh, the other day at the uh, secondhand record place, I picked up Abbey Road for like five bucks and thought, hey, maybe my son will like some of the, you know, the variety. And it's actually pretty awesome. So <laughs> my confession is that it's mm. actually, yeah. Um, You're just status quo music style. I guess I am. I guess I am. <laughs> I. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just definitely ahead of their time. Super creative. Very different styles of music. Really good. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. So for 37 years, I've been mm. wrong. Um, and, uh, and I've only <laughs> listened to the one record. I should probably get some more. But um, anyway, that's I don't know if that's a confession, but that's no, that's a good my story. Yeah, that's a good one, I think. Yeah, that warms my heart. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad no one, no one else is like, yeah, screw the Beatles. Like you guys are at least. You know. No, I, I kind of think that too. Like, why were they such a big deal? But right. then I'd hear a certain song. And I'm like, okay, pretty good. Also, the way my kids are reacting to it is is ridiculous. Like they absolutely really? adore. Well, yeah, they just love it. It's so catchy. They're just the soundscape is is unique. It's just man, it's amazing. It's amazing I, how long ago they made this music and how modern it kind of sounds. Like it's they really did. Uh, okay, I'm gushing. I'm gonna stop. It's really Harvey's good. combing his hair into his his bangs <laughs> into his eyes now. I I saw that. I noticed that. Oh, Octopus's Garden. That's all he ever wants to listen to. That's funny. <laughs> the one Ringo Starr song. Anyway, <laughs> who's next? I guess Peter so. has to go because I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, I'll go. Uh, people, or most people, know my huge dislike of Facebook um, with with a passion, and uh, um, and I'm mostly on it just for work. So what kind of makes me a little bit more sane is I have this rule um, on Facebook: if somebody posts a political post more than three times, I delete them as a friend. Oh, nice. uh, so, so if you're still a friend with me, uh, it's because you might be on yeah. thin ice. Yeah, you're on two strikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or you don't post political things, or you're a member of my church because I don't do that for for church members. So I really want to. Uh, so, <laughs> Uh, but that that is kind of my even if i'm good friends with this person i will delete them if they post more than three political posts in a row or in total in total so where like you're keeping a tally chart somewhere of this so (laughs) what i do is i just see it in the background behind him there (laughs) so i i block the the person for 30 days and if i see it again after 30 days like i remember if i block them more than more than huh. twice. Oh. What if it's politics you agree with? I still. Hmm. Yep. Well, at it, least you're you're fair. Yeah. Okay. If it's anything political, because it doesn't produce productive discussion, and it just uh, causes division, no matter what side they are on. So. Yeah. That's why I'm off Facebook completely. But Peter, that's a cool approach. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're not friends with me anymore and you once were, that's why. And if you're off Facebook altogether and you don't care about this conversation, then I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be there so badly. So Sorry, I, I do care about the conversation. That's not kind of <laughs> mean. But life gets better post-Facebook. I'll stand by that. And I was worried at the time, like, you know, I have messaging with people, like, I'm going to lose touch. Ah, whatever. I kept touch with people that I needed to in other ways. And the rest, 
they can try to sell me on some pyramid scheme another way. <laughs> Great. In person. Can you just at least have the courage <laughs> to do that in person? I I hope that like all the lawsuits against Facebook actually make a difference right now. I yeah. really hope that they tear the company apart. So you read some really sketchy stuff about the force Facebook has had in, in other countries too. <laughs> in, like really nasty ways. They've crumbled democracies. Like yeah. uh, um was it Myanmar that they yeah, told that's what I was reading about. Yeah, like they're an evil company. So there we go. Wow, that's our next topic for next time. Tyler, do you have a confession? No. Um, I was like, I'm on Facebook all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm Facebook living this event right now. No, <laughs> so I feel like I need to retract it. Evil is a strong word, so right. I'm still trying to decide if that was the appropriate word. But it, it can be. be it can be used for evil. How about that? Yeah, there we go. Think of the principality of Facebook that's ruling the world. Like, come on. I like that you said evil. Good job. Oh, I feel like I had an okay confession five minutes ago, and now I can't You've remember. forgotten it three times. The, pre- the pressure's on. This is the end. You need yeah. to really... Okay, well, this is not the one I had five minutes ago, but um, I've recently had to learn how to drive um, like a stick shift vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> so um that's i guess kind of a confession that i never that's a confession before. right there like you couldn't do it before right i couldn't do it until like a couple months ago hmm. and now i'm i think i'm okay like I, I don't stall very often but the confession is that just today i was driving around town and i i rolled a whole bunch of stop signs like i i just part of me because i'm still a fairly new driver i'm just like the, the chances of me stalling are higher if I completely stop here. I'll make sure it's safe. I'll just roll through this stop sign. So I, I've broken a few traffic rules due to my inexperience. But I actually, like, this is a little, I'm actually, I don't stall really ever anymore. But because I Because you never stop. <laughs> because I never stop. <laughs> wow. So that's the best i can do okay we're all really proud of you tyler for yeah you're getting step. better i've never heard you grind the gears coming into the school parking lot no <laughs> well um peter tyler chris thank you for chatting tonight about ghosts and yeah. harry potter and the thanks life. for taking the chance on that topic graham uh yeah never again <laughs> never again we shall never speak of this again Yep. We should maybe give a shout out to technology that helped us today because even in a socially distant world, Zencaster yeah. and Google Meet provided a pretty seamless platform to do this. Zencaster is for podcasts and it's the version we're using is totally free and it works really well. We used it last summer as well. Um, so yeah, for sure, Zencaster. Um, Zencaster with no E at the end of it, if that makes sense. It does have one in the beginning. So I meant right. like seeing you guys in person though. Like so yeah. one one day we'll be able to do this again. Yeah, I don't think Good it'll point. be maybe as long as it felt last year with vaccines coming and with you know, who knows? But okay, well uh I got nothing else. Hey, by the way, if you want stickers, we probably can't get them right now because we're not seeing anyone. So we could leave them on your doorstep. I would not mind driving around during Christmas holidays just sticker Honestly, bombing people. 
Email harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com and Chris will drive to your house. Yep, he will. And give you a sticker. I will just throw them out the window as I roll by. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to, don't want Tyler to stop. That's true. Yeah. That's good. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go watch a scary movie. Ooh, oh, good idea. Boy. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Harmonious gentlemen.